Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Awesome. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. And Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you want to just invite the Holy Spirit in to help us to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today and to grow and stretch us? All right. Let's pray. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and Son, and the Son Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. You are the God of now. Help us to to clear uh, just clear our minds, our hearts, just so so you can fill us with your love, with your guidance, with your wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, into this time uh, as we break open break open the Word, break open the Gospel that we will hear this hear this Sunday at Mass. Help us to be docile, that be completely moldable, teachable. That we would have the courage to to live the Word, to live the challenge that you're going to place on our hearts, live the encouragement that you're going to place on our hearts to be the husbands and fathers and sons and daughters and wives and mothers and friends that you're calling us to be. Lord, we entrust this time to you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. And Tom, do you want to give us a little gospel love today? Yes. Uh, again, this is... Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, Go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wowzy, Rob, that's a a challenge (laughs) point there, that last sentence. So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And you know, when I first read this years ago, I'm like, well, that's impossible. Well, and I also read a scripture verse that says that all things are possible with God. And so really, that's our journey. Our journey in this life is to truly be perfected 
in love because God is love. Our Father is pure, unconditional love. So every day, the trials, the tribulations, all the stuff that comes at us, all we're put through, as you pointed out, Rob, earlier, if we ask God, what do you want to teach me? He's always wanted to stretch and work out that muscle of love that's within us so that we can be perfected in that pure, unconditional love, which is the heavenly reality, the beatific vision of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that eternal exchange of love, which we're all called to participate in for all eternity. And guess what? As Scripture tells us in, I think it's Revelation chapter 21, nothing imperfect, nothing unpure will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so for me, it's like, Lord, perfect in me that that love. Perfect in me your son Jesus. Because as St. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And then he lives with me. And then he lives through me. So that whole perfecting takes a purgation. We call it purgatory sometimes. It's a purgation. Purgation of that which is of the world and not which is of God. And so, man, I want to always be open as a child, open to learn, open to grow, open to be perfected in love. And it's interesting that you say that. I, this this past week, I was introduced to someone's work, and uh, it's it's in the area of of uh, behavior and you know, responding to your body's cravings in, in certain addictions. And the whole teaching, and it's really cool because on the back of our Stewardship of Prayer prayer book. If anybody would like a copy, just uh, give us a shout and we'll send you one or, or more than one. But on the back of the book, we have the virtuous cycle, which is knowing, loving, and serving God. And then not on here, but we also talk about the vicious cycle of me, myself, and I. And this person's work talks about a vicious cycle and a virtuous cycle as it pertains to overcoming these cravings, whether it's for food or gambling or pornography or whatever. And he uses the imagery of, of a mountain, a mountain climbing. And as you begin climbing mountains, uh, it's difficult. I mean, it's not, it's not an easy yeah. thing. And, and the ideal is to get to the top. And the more you climb, the more, when you talk about purgation, right, the more you're going to shed what makes it difficult. You're going to shed excess weight. You're going to shed, you know, things that, you know, your cramps or your muscles that you're not used to using. Things are going to things are going to develop as you climb. So then the higher you go the easier it becomes because you've shed the things that make it difficult. Where you would think it would be more difficult, it's actually becoming easier. And he makes the parallel to virtue, that in life we have to, we have to declare what is our ideal, and it's charity, love. It's you know, charity of, of loving God and loving others because of God. And if that's the ideal, then along our lives when we live, say, patience, and we, and we really strive in the climbing of that mountain of life towards that ideal of charity, we're going to grow as we practice patience, practice mm -hmm. perseverance, practice generosity, and it's going to become easier, and it's going to be, that's what's going to fulfill us yeah. in, in, in our life's journey. And, uh, and you know, when you talk about being perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect, God is love, that in our journey, as we intentionally live out the virtues striving for that ideal, which is ult the ultimate virtue of, of charity, then the striving in living all the virtues is going to help us to accomplish that ideal virtue, charity, which is what that last line says, as the Heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah. So, uh, so, as, you know, so we have to make the decision daily, you know, what is our ideal? So then when we get stuck, and he, and he likens the other way, 
down the mountain with with the vicious cycle that at first if you're yeah. on a bike and you're pedaling and you're going down the hill down the mountain at first it's easy but then eventually the pedaling is happening without you and then you're going so fast that you can't turn you can't stop then you've lost all freedom and that's the vicious cycle mm-hmm. that when we get in this you know negative vicious cycle of of addiction of be, of our behaviors that we don't want of vice that it's like it's a, it's it takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it was a pretty cool analogy that you, you know when you said about love being perfected in love. That's uh, that's our that's our daily climb. You know, interesting too, Rob, that you you bring that up because I've just been reflecting um, on the difficulties that people sometimes have. You know, in Saint Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross talk about this. You know, when you start out, there's a progression to the spiritual life. So. The first thing we need to do is kind of shed sin, and then we need to become, you know, become purified. But a lot of times, people will see like a Mother Teresa or a great saint, and they'll find out, well, they fasted, you know, they only ate one meal a day, and they prayed for four hours, and they did all this stuff. And it's kind of like the equivalent of somebody who ought to be starting at the bottom with a pack, strengthening their muscles and their legs, who wants to go all the way up to the top. And so they start doing those things up at the top, and their muscles aren't ready; they're not spiritually perfected, and so then they get discouraged and they kind of fly back and say, well, this isn't for me. You know, spiritual life's not for me. But I remember too, to your point, David, um, a quote from um, Pope Benedict when he was uh, still Pope, who said that the end of our prayer life and the perfection of our lives should be that when we become, when we become one whole and entire yearning for God, Mm. so it's all that we are. And it's that love, it's that wanting to be, you know, perfect as the Father is perfect and so that we become like that to where we leave Mass, for example, we leave the Eucharist and we're so enraptured with the experience of Jesus and love in our life that we want to find him everywhere. So we start looking for him in other people. Hmm. And when that happens, we start looking like Jesus to other people because we're looking for him and everybody else. But it's that allowing that thing to spill over because as I reflect on that, I think, well, that's really what you know, this absorption in the love of God and wanting to be that for, you know, for all people. And I think there's a background noise here that says for most of us, when we look at the sun shines on everybody and the rain falls on everybody, but we have this sense, you know, popular culture is, well, that's just nature. Nature is, you know, nature's kind of blind. It just does stuff. It doesn't know. And Jesus is changing that whole framework and saying, no, no, it doesn't just happen. It's intent. God does this on purpose. He rains on good people and bad people. He provides, you know, water for their crops. He provides sun for them to flourish to everybody because he's given us time. I mean, who of us really deserves what we've gotten from God, really, when you get right down to it, you know? Beautiful. And and you know what? This, this gospel reading, when you really let the Holy Spirit work on you, it's meant to grow you. I mean, when we read this first sentence up here that says, but I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. Well, does that mean I'm supposed to be a pacifist? No, the key to understanding that is this. We're always called to respond with love, which comes from our heart, which is Christ in our hearts. We're never called to react. When we react, we are doing that and we are offering resistance. Whereas if we respond with love, it is, it is what will defeat anything the enemy throws at us. He's always wanting us to engage with him. He's always probing us, prompting us, sticking us, trying to get into our hearts to get us to engage with him. 
and then he's got us on the hook. And then he just starts whispering in our ears and gets us in his – what's he want to do? Rob our joy. Disconnect us from where God has called us to be in this beautiful, beautiful reflection of Christ in the world. So, no, we're not called to be pacifists. Jesus Christ wasn't a pacifist, but he always shared truth with love. Many times that truth he shared was tough love, was tough love. So for me, I'm not a pacifist. I'm a warrior for God. And I love that because the men's conference is coming up April 1st, and it starts out with fools for Christ. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what's that? Well, St. Paul calls himself a fool for Christ, but we're warriors for God. We are warriors. And you know what, gentlemen? Look it up on the website of the, of the Harrisburg Diocese. It's coming this coming April 1st. Become a warrior for God because every day we need to suit up and get out there in battle because it's real. It's real. The enemy is attacking our families. He is attacking our children in the wombs. We need to get up, suit up, and get to work with God in the world. Uh, this uh, passage sort of uh, spoke to me about detachment and um, trusting God, like not to be worried about my my own self, you know, like to really trust in God, like to put all my trust in Him. In other words, how can I give you my coat? I need my coat, but if I trust in God, He will provide, you know, a coat for me as an example. And so I think uh, for me, this, it's all about detachment. And Jesus said, you know, don't, don't worry about your life. You know, God makes the, you know, sunshine on, I forget exactly that, that passage, but I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, but our first goal is to, you know, detach, not to worry, and then to the first commandment, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. I think um, if, we keep, if we keep that in mind, or if I keep that in mind, then I'm able to then detach from all of my cares and concerns and worries and my ego, and then I could love my enemy like my neighbor and so forth. So That's beautiful, but God keeps challenging us because he says yeah. here, give to to um, one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. What does that mean? I'm supposed to give money to everybody that asks of me? Is that what God's saying to me? But hear hear it again. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. Well, for me, because I get, I get asked lots of times, for me, it's a matter of, okay, let's plant the seed of truth. You know what? I'm going to take that to prayer. Well, now I just told that person, you know what? I'm not turning my back on you. I'm going to take it to prayer. And then I'm going to ask the Lord. And then at the end of the day, whether I choose to give them financially or give them the, the greater gift, which is prayer, and you know, and my time is the greater gift, then, then perhaps that's what I need to do. But it's all about discerning it with God, because I've had this passage used against me and said, hey, says right there in the Scriptures, I ask you, you're supposed to give me the money. Well, then, you know, we look at Jesus' example in the desert where Satan himself used three scripture verses against Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He responded from his heart with scripture verses that trumped the intention of the enemy. And so for me, it's a matter of discernment with God in your hearts. Does God want to stretch us to give more? Absolutely. But the greatest gift we have to give is our time. You know what I mean? Which can be counsel, our prayer, our prayers for that person, giving again time to do that. You know, and if the Lord prompts us to to financially help them, you betcha. Absolutely. Why? Because it's his money. We're just the stewards, the caretakers of it. So again, for me, it's a daily discernment, and it's a discernment with God. God the Father wants to be involved in each and every decision we make every day. We are to come to him how? As mature Christians? No. 
as children, surrender to his will, and in communion, common union with his heart. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want the heart of Christ. We want our minds renewed. We have the mind of Christ. Because then, in everything we go through, we're always, always, always examples of his unconditional love in this world. And David, you mentioned the uh, the theme of this year's men's conference here in the in the diocese, uh, fools for Christ, warriors, warriors for God. I think of the word unusual. So in here it says, you know, we talk, when, when our Lord talks about if you greet your brother only, what is unusual about that, right? So if the world's going to call us a fool for Christ, <laughs> or, you know, or it right. call, call us a fool, and we say, well, I'm a fool for Christ, they're saying, well, you're unusual. That's right. And I don't want to be a pagan. I, mean, I don't want to be doing just what the <laughs> yeah. pagans do or yeah. tax collectors do. And, you know, it's easy to do that, right? It's a real challenge to go into a room of people and intentionally sit next to the one that that has hurt you before or the one that just you know, rubs you the wrong way and, and just truly be love. You know, just hang out and get to know them. And uh, this is really, really a challenge because, yep. uh, you know, we're, we can get late. I think this is a call also to to get out of the seat and, uh, you know, sloth is, is one of those deadly sins that just creeps in, right? That, that we can get really spiritually lazy and comfortable in the, in the crowd that we're with and the groups that we're involved in and, you know, whatever mm -hmm. outreach we do. And we think we're doing all this good stuff, but we're all hanging out. We're hanging out with the people that are easy to hang out with. You know, that can be a little sloth slipping in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to be unusual. Yeah. It does, it does challenge us, too. I mean, David, you mentioned about not reacting but responding. And, Tom, you talked about being detached and not, you know, not being caught up in yourself. You know, when we are absorbed in ourselves, when we become selfish, everything becomes a threat. I mean, anything that happens is I have to look at it in relative to its impact on me. So now I'm, now I'm worried. Now I'm fearful. And we're called to be something bigger than that, something more than that, something unusual, to your point, Rob. And I think when we... When we focus on that, when we focus on being for other people, when we, like Pope Benedict said, we get so absorbed in the love of Jesus that it kind of spills over in our life, then the fear goes away. Then we then we can respond, not react, and then we can do the right thing from a from a good heart, not not the compulsion because of the fear that I have. Fear fear is a compulsion. Fear drives us to do things. We react like an animal. We act by instinct. You know, what's best for me? What's going to keep me out of trouble? What's going to you know? How what's going to make me look good? You know, and uh, that's a that's a difficult way. That's a difficult way to live life. It's that downhill thing you were talking about, where gravity catches you and you're just kind of pulled down, and you're out of control at some level when you're going too fast. You know. Yeah, and but you know, Tom, you say it's a difficult way of life, but I'm, I'm thinking. The more I become perfected in Christ, my life is easier because yeah. I've surrendered everything to God. I realize I don't own anything. I'm just the caretaker. I'm the steward. And without God, I'm going to collapse. There's no way I can do it. And it's interesting how God sent us these little heavenly kisses to let us know, you know what? That a boy, you're doing what I'm asking you to do. A man today uh, shared a story of that he was in a, in a church service, and his church service brought up something that I'm involved in and something that, that, that came out of me at a public event where all these lawyers and township officials and everybody was gathered around a table. And a man said he came into the meeting, sat down, and, and the man that's the caretaker, the steward of the property said, can we open this meeting with a prayer? He said, I've never heard that done. Hmm. He said, but I never forgot it. He said, it challenged me. And I, as a Christian, I don't do that. And you know what? 
I need to do that. You see, that's being the different person, unusual. Nobody does that. This is, you know, whether whatever it is, what do you do? You're going to offer up. This isn't church. Oh, excuse me. St. Paul challenges us, I believe, to pray without ceasing every day, asleep, awake. What does that look like? Well, that means that our hearts are fully united with the heart of God, the will of God, and we're always in communication with him, always going into our inner chambers of our heart to say, Father, what do you think? Lord Jesus, what would you like me to do today? How would you respond to this rather than do what my head wants to do and react? And when we do that, oh, it's beautiful because it's freedom. Doesn't mean it's not challenging. Doesn't mean there's not stretching and tearing of that love muscle. There is. But it's beautiful because we're growing in holiness. We're growing in perfection. And God, the creator of everything, is choosing to use us to use us to bring his son into the world to help in the salvation of souls. It's awesome. I'm thinking too about your comment, Rob, about getting closer to the, to the, the top of the mountain. Cause the other thing that we, when we lose, you know, we get stronger and a lot of the stuff we leave behind, but all of our food, you know, is when we get to the top and we've been there, you know, we we're dropping a lot of our food too. So it does get easier when we get to the top because we're stronger because we're carrying less, we're more detached. To your point, Tom, and um, it does—it is an easier, freer way to live. The closer we get to to the Lord, the the, the deeper we're immersed in His love, and we share it with other people, it becomes simple. What does what would love do in this case? You know what? What would, what would my heavenly Father do? You know, He makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad. So I'm responding, not reacting, not out of fear, out of love. And something I wrote, wrote when you guys were sharing was, what, what, is, what is the highest love that I can have for someone else? And that's a, that's a pure desire for them to be in heaven. Yes. Forever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the midst of all, and, and I think that'll help us to react or respond as opposed to react. And, you know, and I think of the story of St. Maria Goretti, you know, that she was attacked by... This, you know, as an 11-year-old girl by this 19-year-old boy that they lived with, their families lived together, and and when he was attacking her, wanting to rape her, to to rob her of her purity and innocence, she wasn't saying, "Don't rob me of my purity and innocence." She was saying, "No, don't. This is a sin. You know, you'll you'll your soul. I want you yeah. to be in heaven, Alessandro." So her, she had such love for him that beyond looking beyond the act that he was trying to do. Her concern was for his soul to be in heaven forever. And then he ended up stabbing her, which eventually led to her death. And, but before she died, she forgave him. And the power of that forgiveness, you know, followed him into jail. And, uh, you know, the, the, however many stab wounds there were, that's how many lilies were presented to him in a dream. And he confessed mm-hmm. and, and made right with God. And the first thing he did when he got out of, of jail was to go to Maria's mother, knocked on her door and asked for forgiveness. And she said, how can I withhold forgiveness if my daughter already forgave you and you know it took him as like a son and the two of them together were at her canonization, canonization the mother that, yeah. and the murderer the that redeemed that's been redeemed and yeah. forgiven together at the canonization but what did it start with it started with this little 11 year old girl having so much love like be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect she wanted him in heaven yeah and that was her concern was and that was her love was uh, heaven for him and I think the other real quick point about that is that she never really gave in. 
she, in her resisting, and again, again, it was because that was the right thing to do. She didn't react. She responded, but she never really gave up her purity yes. or her desire for the purity, even though it cost her her life. So mm-hmm. there is a there is a Christ-like way to resist, um, but she didn't she didn't resist where she you know pulled a knife out and tried to go after him. Yeah, you know, to that point. So I think it's important to recognize that what we've been given of value is, you know, as you were saying, David, we need to we need to be good stewards of, of our, the gifts that we've been given and not indiscriminate about them and be discerning. But at the same time, give freely from the heart, which she did. And she, but she gave spiritual gifts to him, not physical gifts. And that's so important. And what I wrote down here is to not share truth with love is not love of, love at all. So I think for me, what I've found many times is when there's something that comes up, whatever that is, that the Lord prompts me to say something, I always ask permission of the person. Because if they give me permission, may may I share something with you? And they give me permission, then that gives me time to click into the Holy Spirit to share truth with love. Perfect example would be, you know, someone will come up, you know, well, it's, it's, it's really hatred and really mean to not allow two men or two women to get married. Don't you agree? And they're looking at me. And I say, well, may I share something with you? Well, sure, go ahead. I say, well, understand the belief that two men and two women can get married is a faith belief system that I don't believe in. The church that I belong to and have belonged to my whole life, the church that's been around for 2,000 years doesn't have that belief system either. So because of what marriage is, and marriage is a reflection of God's love, unconditional love. The Father, the Son's the outpouring, the Holy Spirit. It needs to be free, total, faithful, and most key, fruitful. Two men and two women can't be fruitful. They cannot. It's biologically impossible. So for me, I cannot agree with that statement. However, if the government chooses to give the same tax benefits, death benefits, protections, everything else to two men and two women who live together, that's their choice. But to force a faith belief system on me that is that is against my mind, the government protects me, says, we'll never do that. So again, when those opportunities present themselves to us, we need to know what our church teaches, Holy Mother Church. We need to how to share that with truth and love. And we need to bring it back to our belief and what we believe in our hearts. And they have their own belief system, and that's their choice. They have free will. We need to, but that we, I really believe we need to be able to share truth with love, guided by the Holy Spirit, without condemning, without judging, but again, letting God do the work in their hearts. But don't be afraid. Pray for the gift of courage. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day, and let's change the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.